Hello and welcome to the Just Animals podcast, episode one, The Water Horse. Now for those of you that don't know, hippopotamus actually translates to water horse, or well, it's Greek for water horse. So in case it wasn't obvious, today's episode is about the hippopotamus, or scientific name, Hippopotamus amphibious, hippo, common hippopotamus, or if you're in Botswana, Satan's pig. Alright, so before we get started, let me just give you a brief breakdown of how the episode's going to work. So first I'm going to talk about the size and stature, the animal's indigenous area or habitat, unique characteristics and traits of the animal, i.e. means of communication, whether it's a solitary animal or a pack or herd animal. Then we're going to talk about diet and behavior and then some fun interesting facts. The size and stature of a hippo. So they are actually the third largest living mammal, which I honestly was surprised to find that out until I'd started doing my research. They can grow anywhere from 10.8 feet to 16.5 feet long, or for our metric using friends, that's 3.3 to 5 meters long, and they can also grow up to 5.2 feet tall. The average female weighs about 3,000 pounds, or 1,400 kg. Males can weigh anywhere between 3,500 pounds to 992 pounds, or 1,600 kg to 4,500 kg. They also can live up to 40 to 50 years. Lastly, their bite force is insane. From my research, it turns out that they have a bite force ranging from 1,820 PSI to 2,000 PSI. Take the 2,000 with a grain of salt. Most um, of the articles I found about their bite force actually were on the lower end of the spectrum, closer to the 1,800 mark, but some were suggesting that they could have a bite force of up to 2,000 PSI. So do with that information what you will. As for where you can find these massive land mammals, they are located in sub-Saharan Africa in areas with copious amounts of water. They spend majority of their time submerged in the water about 16 hours a day, so hence why they are considered to be an amphibious animal. And for an animal that loves to be in water and be submerged so much, believe it or not, they don't actually swim. They glide through the water by pushing themselves off other objects like rocks or sticks or whatever. Um, They can stay underwater for up to five minutes before needing air. And lastly, baby hippos or calves actually nurse underwater and they're able to do this by closing their ears and their nostrils. So as you can tell, this animal really, really loves the water. Speaking of water, their closest related extant relatives are cetaceans. A cetacean are are whales, dolphins, porpoises, etc. They diverged about 55 million years ago, and like whales, they do communicate through water. However, hippos can simultaneously communicate above the water, too. That's some pretty crazy stuff. I kind of wish I had hippo communication skills. Anyways, back to our hippos. Um, In the words of William Barclow, sorry if I butchered your name, hippos make sounds in both air and underwater and with their heads in an amphibious position. So this amphibious position is where their eyes and nostrils are above water, but their mouth and throat are below the water, and they're able to to transmit sounds to both media simultaneously. Hippos on the surface respond to the surface component by calling, and hippos underwater consistently surface and call in a chorus that can spread in air from one territory to the next for many kilometers. As for how these vocalizations are made, they actually have a fatty area around their neck and vocal cords, and so when they vocalize, the vibrations go through the fat layer in their neck and travel out into the water. In case it was not already obvious, hippos are very loud animals, and according to the San Diego Zoo, their snorts, grumbles, and wheezes have been measured at 115 decibels. This is about the same volume you'd get when you'd be about 15 feet or 4.6 meters away from the speakers at a rock concert, so they're pretty loud. 
As for whether or not our water friends are solitary or pack animals, they actually are herd animals. So, meaning you know, that they live in amongst a group of other individuals. So they are actually described as being very social animals, and they're oftentimes found in groups which are called schools, bloats, pods, or sieges. Which, honestly, that's probably my favorite one, as being known as a siege. That's pretty cool. Anyways, these groups usually consist of 10 to 30 members, including both females and males. And according to life science, some groups have as many as 200 individuals. That's insane, you guys. 200. That's, I can't even imagine. Especially someone who likes to be alone. You know, one other person being around is already too much. <laughs> Anyways, this group is usually led by a dominant male, and this is the only male that is allowed to mate with the females. As for their diet, they are herbivores. And I say herbivores with an asterisk at the end, and we will address that in a little bit as to why I have an asterisk there. So they tend to feed at dusk. They prefer to remain close to the water, but if food is scarce, they will go down familiar paths, which are also known as hippo paths, to grassier areas, which can be several kilometers away from their pools. Adults eat up to 80 pounds of grass a night during their grazing sessions, and these grazing sessions last anywhere between four to five hours. They mostly consume small shoots, grasses, and reeds, and they do not dig for roots or fruit. However, they will eat other plants if they are readily available to them. Like cows, they also have multiple chambered stomachs. However, they do not chew cud. While hippos do have enormous mouths that can open up to a huge 150 degree angle, they actually use their lips to help pull up the grasses that they consume. So their lips are actually super muscular and about 20 inches wide, which is very useful for an animal that, believe it or not, doesn't use its teeth to chew their food, which again, we'll address later, their huge teeth and what their purpose serves for them. And as for why there's an asterisk about them being herbivores, on rare occasions, hippos have been found to feed on carcasses of animals, including their own kind. This has been documented in a 2015 study published in the journal Mammal Review, and has also been mentioned in other scientific articles dating as far back as 1912, 1992, and 2004. So you're probably wondering why in mostly herbivorous animal would need such a huge mouth and teeth, we're about to get into that into our next section, behavior. So as for hippo behavior, part of the reason why hippos have huge mouths and teeth are one, are one to impress females and two also for fighting, which we'll get into that in a second. So if you're anything like me, then you probably think hippos are actually kind of cute and seem pretty docile, which is mostly true. They're pretty sedentary creatures, they spend the majority of their day just kind of wading around in the water and most of their activities such as eating and walking around and whatnot takes place at night. However, don't let their cute and cuddly appearance and mostly sedentary laid back lifestyle fool you. Hippos are actually notoriously aggressive and considered to be very dangerous. They're considered to be one of the most aggressive animals in the world, believe it or not. A hippo's aggression is not only well known to humans, but also throughout the animal kingdom. Crocodiles and alligators won't even mess with these animals. Which to me, this explained why when you're watching a documentary that takes place in Africa and they're filming a watering hole, you'll oftentimes see hippos cohabitating with alligators and crocodiles. And to me, I was like, thought, okay, well, isn't the hippo easy prey? Like, why aren't they going after them? Turns out they know better. <laughs> so a hippo essentially make their presence known and kind of, you know, stake a claim or stake an area of the pool so that they have their space, and then our large reptilian friends have 
their own space on the other side typically. So hippos do not become aggressive over territory with the exception of feeling threatened or the exception of food being scarce and they feel like they need to protect their food and their livelihood from others. When hippos feel threatened, most like any other animal, including humans, they will definitely attack, like I previously stated. They have been known to go after humans, and they allegedly have some very short tempers. So part of the reason why hippos have huge mouths and teeth are, again, to impress females, but two, to fight off other males during mating season or off to scare off potential predators and or threats. Their canines and incisors measure about one and a half to two feet long, and they sharpen their teeth by grinding them. As for those big teeth and their aggression, it's pretty limitless. Sometimes their young can be caught in the middle of two hippos fighting and be seriously hurt or crushed. That's how serious they take their fighting and their pack, or herd if you will, and their area. So the dominant male has no problem taking on juvenile males that try to threaten his power and leadership of the pod. Hippos are considered to be the world's deadliest large land mammal. It's estimated that they kill around 500 people per year in Africa. In 2014, a hippo attacked a small, unsuspecting boat filled with Nigerian school children, killing 12 students and one of the teachers on board. So these animals are really not playing around. If you come into their water, they're going to let you know that they're here and you are not welcome. These robust creatures have really thick skin. Their epidermis is about two inches thick. Although for their robust skin, it's incredibly sensitive. And so they do have to protect it. As for how they do this, they actually secrete their own natural sunscreen, which is a substance called blood sweat or red sweat. And it consists of a red and orange acid that absorbs UV light and inhibits the growth of bacteria. Don't let the name fool you though, they don't actually have sweat glands. This secretion actually comes out of their mucus glands and it secretes in this thick oily layer. So this fluid is a combo of hipposidoric and norhipposidoric acid. If I butchered those names, if there's any hippo study, professional hippo studies out there listening to this, I'm sorry. This is strictly a hobby and for fun. So please don't be too upset. Anyways, initially this is a colorless, colorless secretion, but as it's exposed to sunlight, it starts to turn that red-orange color. And I know I said hippos can only be found in Africa. That's kind of a lie. As for they're only indigenous to Africa, however, there's actually one other place in the world where you can find them. And unfortunately, they are technically an invasive species by not being native to this country. So for those of you that don't know, hippos can be found in the Colombian forests. Yes, you heard me right. You can find hippos in Colombia. As for how they got to Colombia, you can thank Pablo Escobar. So during his peak drug lord reign, he had a private zoo on his, you know, amazing ranch. And he had four resident hippos that he smuggled in from Africa. He had, I believe it was three females and one male. After Escobar was shot dead, most of his exotic animals from his private zoo were transferred to other more appropriate facilities. All the animals except for those poor hippos. Due to a lack of natural predators, the milder Colombian weather, unlimited access to food and water, the hippos actually began to thrive, believe it or not. Some of them even began to venture away from the ranch and started to explore other rivers and other open, air, other open areas that, you know, they didn't have any predators or any other hippos to compete with. Um, a biologist, David 
Echeverry, again, sorry if I butchered your last name, he estimates that there are now about 50 hippos roaming in the forest in Colombia. The local villagers seem to have an affinity for them, and they actually refer to them as the village pets. Majority of the hippos still live inside Escobar's estate, however, it is impossible for the people that now run the area to contain them. And unfortunately, there are concerns that the hippos have displaced native wildlife and are getting too close for comfort. If you've made it this far, thank you very much for your time and patience and listening to me fumble through my very first podcast. This is the end of episode one, The Water Horse. Stay tuned. I believe the next episode will actually be about walruses or leopards. I haven't decided yet, but you'll know once it's uploaded. Again, if you have any questions or comments or suggestions, I am more than open to them and would love to hear from you. Please send me an email. Um, I will set up an email account called justanimalspodcast at gmail.com. That should be set up a little later today. Again, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. If not, hopefully there's something else out there that you do enjoy. Have a great night, everybody.